It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast, a podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network where we recap the series that just ended, preview the series that's about to start. I'm your host, Keaton Grocer, joined, as always, by Bailey Von Schneider. Bailey, the second half of the season has started. I'm not entirely sure the Red Sox were aware of that. I, I agree. I don't think they were. I don't think they were. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> well, uh, let's just dive on in then uh, and, and get this started. Uh Right off the bat, game one of this three-game series versus the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox had themselves a doozy. Uh, Nathan Evaldi versus Kevin Gaussman. The Red Sox took the loss 28-5. to uh, Nathan Evaldi got through two and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up nine earned runs on eight hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Davis followed, going an inning and a third, and allowed five runs. And then Ort followed, going two-thirds of an innings, allowing... Eight runs, and impressively, all eight were allowed with two outs. Jarwinson Hernandez then followed, went an inning in the third, and allowed five. Eh. <laughs> and then there was finally a break where they went uh, two innings and didn't allow a run, and then uh, Yomer Sanchez finished it off the ninth and is a position player pitching yeah. and allowed one run. On the offense uh, for the Red Sox, uh, not really that it mattered much, but Vasquez went deep twice. Uh, and JBJ also hit a digger. Uh, thoughts on Evaldi's very, very short start here? It was bad. 
it was it was pretty bad um like we were talking about his first start back he looked pretty good uh then we're throwing him against an extremely formidable lineup but like he's handled them well all season uh this was just a terrible game against a lineup that also didn't have george springer right so like that's even so they're this good without one of their best hitters so that's even more terrifying i think they're starting to finally play like maybe the team that they're supposed to be the team that i thought the yankees are but then the yankees have just been kind of backsliding a little bit so maybe things are going to start to i mean the yankees already have an incredible lead you know but anything's possible plenty of plenty of games left for the blue jays to start you know climbing up in the standings uh it was it was it was bad. I don't really know what more to say other than um, if we're trying to offload some of these guys, uh, this, this could, somebody could look at this start and say, ooh, I don't know if I want to give that prospect up for a rental of Nathan Lavaldi, but then you never <laughs> know. You never know. Yeah, this was – it was weird because normally when things go bad, there's like – there's a whole bunch of hits to like runs ratio or there's a bunch of dingers – this is kind of weird because he gave up these nine runs on eight hits and mm-hmm. there was only one homer. It was basically like he just got nickel and dimed to death. Uh, we'll talk about the defense in a bit. That oh. There wasn't a lot that helped him, that's for sure, uh, which is kind of part of the, uh, hey guys, the, the season's still going on, can you wake up part. Yeah. Um, it It was just kind of... I don't really know what to make of it. I'd be like, well, he's still getting his bearings coming back. You know, he yeah. just came back from the aisle, had one start, and then a really long delay. Maybe that was part of it. True. Um, maybe that could have been part of it. I really don't know what to make of it because this is—it was just a mess. So yeah, and, <laughs> everything um, else I, that followed was too. Yeah, I mean, I get like they say hitting is contagious, but I do love the contagiousness of like. If the one person goes out there and it's terrible, it's like everybody subsequently is just dog poop afterwards. But this was just, like, impressive amount of dog poop, including Caleb Ort just, you know, whoo! I think he set a record for, like, what he was doing. Like, I think it was, like, literally, like, one of the first, the, the, the most amount of runs given up in such a, without recording, like, a three outs, you know? Just, that's so bad. You know, so it's good to know that the person that we got in the Major League Rule 5 draft from the Yankees turned out to be a gem because it's looking like the minor league one in Caleb Ward might not be <laughs> the yeah. gem that Garrett Whitlock was. Yeah. Ooh, and then, Yeah, that, I don't, you really, like, <laughs> it's nuts that you didn't just luck into the final out of the inning mm-hmm. before giving up eight runs. Yeah. That's wild That's that that would happen. Yeah, and then I don't know why Darwin's and Hernandez is as bad as he is now because there was a time where I just thought that he was going to be great for the Red Sox. You know, it's sad when Yolmer Sanchez pitched probably one of the cleaner innings, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, his wild inconsistencies uh, abound. Yeah. Uh, and really would hope for him to be just a little, a little bit more consistent. But, yeah, it's just his stuff is too good to be – that this bad. frustrating. Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. Uh, but speaking of the defense, Jaron uh, uh, Duran's defense was very bad tonight. Um, so we're, we're going to pick on him a little bit, but we'll we'll speak to the defense in general uh, a little bit later. Uh, he, besides the biffed inside the park grand slam, which you never saw, uh, <laughs> he also had another liner 
that he gave up on and started to position himself to play it off the wall, and it never reached the wall, and it landed short of the the warning track, and he really should have just kept tracking it and caught it. <laughs> uh, and I just at this point, I have tried to be really optimistic about it because I feel like maybe I've tried to just kind of be like, hey, maybe center field just is in his jam, and he's better suited for the corners. But this was just so bad. I'm wondering, can it be saved? Uh, he makes Alex Verdugo look like a gold glove center fielder. Yeah. Like, uh, this is some of the worst defense. Not even just the worst defense. Like, you're talking about positioning. That is something that Jackie Bradley Jr. does on a genius level. Is that, yeah. like, you never, because people are like, oh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is not flashy. Uh, the boy does not need to be flashy when he is standing exactly where he is because his baseball IQ in the outfield is so intelligent, whereas it seems like we have the complete opposite in Jaron Duran. And I understand he's not an outfielder by trade, but neither was Mookie Betts. Like, so there's the idea of, like, some guys just have a more intelligence level when it comes to just this game in general. And I think that Jaron Duran's might be very low when it comes to that, especially when you're saying about positioning yourself and missing things. And just like, even if you thought that that ball was gone, which it clearly wasn't when there was the in the side of the park grand slam, he just stood there, looked back and kind of just, and it was even before we saw Verdugo coming into frame he made absolutely no hustle towards it. And you're telling me that you, one of the fastest players, isn't going to be able to somehow get to that ball quicker than Verdugo coming from left. And even if Verdugo yeah. can get there quicker than you, you're making zero attempt. And then you just sort of, like, try to make excuses for yourself. Like, you're not going to win over fans by doing that. Yeah, it was really made a whole lot worse by just completely giving up on it. Mm-hmm. After seeing it land, even yeah. if Verdugo was going to end up getting there first, like mm-hmm. it's just starting to go in the direction to be like, oh, hey, wait, I still care about this. Try and make an attempt. Yeah. Would have <laughs> redeemed himself a lot, but it just made it go so much worse. So, so much worse. And you made such a good point. There's such a stark difference between like the instincts and positioning of JBJ <laughs> and Duran that maybe it makes Duran look a lot worse just because. JBJ is so freaking good at it. Yeah, it literally, yeah. He's like the best in the league, and then we have one of like the worst in the league. Yeah. And there's a very visible gap between the two. I I still have like a little bit of hope that it can be salvaged because defense is definitely something that you can be taught and get better at. Yes, for as sure. As evidenced by Raviel Devers. Yep. Defense is significantly improved this year. Absolutely. But I'm just more and more convinced that it's just not going to be at center. And he, he's got to – he's like yeah. – well, if it's going to be at Fenway, it almost has to be in left. Yeah, but then that that brings up a whole other can of worms. If you're if you're going into let's say you're going into 2023 and let's say by the grace of God, you sign a pretty elite outfielder to be added into your rotation, let's say. And you're keeping Duran, you're keeping um obviously you're keeping Verdugo as well and then you're adding in somebody else. Are you adding in somebody that can play an elite like where you they are they playing an elite center field because you'd almost need them to play an elite center field because the two of them 
uh, Verdugo and Duran, I don't think can handle center field the way you want. But then it's yeah. not as if, like, outside of getting Kevin Kiermeyer, but then Kevin Kiermeyer doesn't really necessarily bring much to your offense, potentially. But the only person that's, like, absolutely, like, elite on defense and brings an elite bat to you is Aaron Judge. And you have to put Aaron Judge in right field. You're not really necessarily going to be putting Aaron Judge in center. So then that brings up, like, a, a more issues, I feel like, it, you know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you I, wish, I don't know. You wish, you wish somebody could play center field really well for them, and his name is Kike Hernandez, but we don't really know what the heck's going on with his hip. So. Yeah, mm. good points. But uh, we, uh, we can talk a little bit about game two. Uh, not nearly as bad. There were some actual good things in game two. Uh, Cutter Crawford um, versus Alec Manoa. Uh, the Red Sox did lose 4-1. But Crawford actually did six innings, five hits, three earned runs, only walked one, strikeout four. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive, if you ask me, compared to, you know, what we got the night before. Uh, Crawford's done really well for the Red Sox. Uh, then Schreiber and Houck followed with clean innings. But then, of course, Ryan Brazier comes in and does some things that Ryan Brazier does. Uh, allowed another one in the ninth. Um, we had uh, some decent, you know, like some... It's just like the Red Sox weren't putting everything together. You know, like Verdugo and Bobby Dahlbeck had two hits apiece. Um, Bobby did go deep for the only run off of Manoa. Um, so I thought my thoughts were that Crawford really impressed me in this start. How about you? Yeah, it's, it's another really solid start from Crawford who, uh, might be the most consistent pitcher in the rotation right now, uh, which is a little scary. Yeah, Yeah, very definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Six innings, five hits, uh, you know, the three earned runs. And there was also some defensive shenanigans here in this game that didn't quite help him out. Um, stuff. Also, the ball like hit third third base like twice and completely screwed Jeter Towns on a couple plays he tried to make. Like, yeah, it had some bad luck, some weird defense. Um, overall, yeah. he looked really great, mm-hmm. and I feel pretty good about him being in the rotation right now, which is good because they don't really have anybody else. Um, I don't even know if they have five starters right now. So yeah, because like you, like the roster is. So- so messed up right now. You know, yeah. we have J.D. Martinez dealing with some back spasms. He didn't play at all. It looks like he might have an IL stint coming up. Devers actually did go on the IL after he hurt himself a uh, hamstring pull in game one. Uh, the deadline is 10 days away. Um, and I think this is a, a way that we can maybe talk a little bit. Uh, what is the direction that you feel they're going in? Because I know last time we talked, I felt like we thought we, we were potentially going in a different direction. But now injuries um abundance of them and just playing so poorly it feels like we might both be going in different direct the same different direction this time though yeah i was uh still had a lot of optimism there were only mm-hmm. two games out same. at the break um you know they they limped into the all-star break but they still had you know the core of their offense together uh and some guys were not far off from returning so i still felt pretty good about it um, we saw this team when it was healthy. They were playing like 600 ball for a month and a half. Yes. Nearly, nearly two months. So I still felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not feel that way anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> a week later. Um, Sale's basically done for the year, so he's probably not coming back. Yeah. Um, now Devers is on the IL. Jamie Martinez isn't technically on the IL, but he's been done for three days and we've yeah. seen guys that we didn't think were going to hit the IL all of a sudden hit the IL and be gone for a month or 
more. So yep. we're not sure what's going on with J.D. Martinez, although he's a guy that uh, would be prime for a trade. So uh, hopefully he does come back. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just it also just speaks the we're going to talk about the defense um, as a whole this series for in the game three note. But um, how bad the defense has been over like the past two weeks and just emphasize in this series to me is like an effort thing. Mm-hmm. And it feels like all of the injuries and just all of the next man up is kind of starting to take its toll. And maybe they're seeing like, yeah, it doesn't seem like this is the year. And the, not not to say that they're giving up because I really don't think that's the case. On would I don't think that professional athletes just give up. That's mm-hmm. You're true. I agree. Yeah, but I think like they see that the writing's on the wall and they're like, man. And some of their their uh, you know they've had some brain farts like Sawamura just completely missing where first base is, running to cover first base. Mm. Not quite as sharp as he normally is. Uh, and three guys letting a pop five fall in the infield. Some brain farts that normally wouldn't happen, and you know some things are slipping. Um, just the mental game is, is really kind of starting to slip, and that kind of feels like just a, an effort thing that, mm-hmm. you know, 10 days away, it's not going to be fixed, <laughs> especially with all the guys that they have on the IL. So, I, yeah, I've completely flipped. And I'm on I'm on team cell, except Xander Bogarts. Yes, I I agree. I don't think we should obviously Devers. The people that think like I've seen on Twitter fans of like the Mets being like can't wait to get like Rafael Devers, and we're like ha ha hilarious. You're not. You're not. To me, uh, everybody can go that are not named Devers and Bogarts because I think that yeah. and I'll, I love I love Xander. I think he's gotten lucky in certain areas this season because some of his expected stats aren't as great as what he's actually showing. The power is nearly non-existent. I don't think he's a $30 million a year player. Um, I think that other teams might be seeing that too, and the market might not be as robust as you know he believes. Uh, I'm willing to give Xander Bogart the right money at the fair price, something that I think is more than fair, and I think they should do that because I think – that Xander and Raphael are very close. And if you get rid of Xander, I think that shows a really bad message towards somebody like Devers, too, and trying to keep him long-term. Whereas you show yep. that you're committed to both of them, that's something really great that you can build around, and they will have a ton of money coming off of the books this year that they can go and actually put together a really damn good team moving forward for 2023 and beyond. Because like I've always said, I think High and Bloom is in here for the long game. He's not in here for the short term. And I think the long game proved with certain things with like, you know, getting um, a Trevor Story, who again, another person that's on the IL and building an actual good team, not necessarily for the now, but for the future as well. And I think he did improve in the now. He definitely made um, some terrible decisions in certain areas, i.e. the bullpen. Like, that was that's a, that's a mess up, and I'm part of the Illuminati, and I see that, and I know that. And it's not as if he doesn't see that or know that, too. So um, I am all for the fire sale, everybody, but that. I mean, Vasquez is playing out of his mind. You can get such good value on him, and it's great. Connor Wong and Ronaldo Hernandez have been great in AAA. So you've got, like, some potential 
that you can have somebody slide in there really well at a costly rate for 2023. And then you can get some really great value for somebody like Vasquez. You can get value for J.D. Martinez. You can get, probably get a good value for Nathan Avaldi. So I'm all for that to build more. And really, if you keep building this farm system you can start to be the dodgers and the padres where you just have so much that you can trade for anybody and that's what i'm looking forward to me too i'm right there with you game three today brian bayo <laughs> versus ross stripling red sox took the loss to get swept eight to four brian bayo four innings pitched nine hits Five runs, all earned. Two walks, two strikeouts. Saramura followed, allowing three runs and an error missing first base. Uh, Whitlock, Davis, Ort, and Diekman finished off the final four innings, not allowing a run. Uh, two hits for Verdugo, Duran, and JBJ. JBJ added another dinger, his second of the series. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as we thought in the series preview, Brian Bayo was back in the majors as they're, uh, you know, basically don't have enough pitchers to field the rotation. Um, so what were your thoughts on his start today? I actually didn't think it was really that bad. There was a lot of weak contact. There were some things that, um, again, we talk about defense. Um, so I think uh, those things factored into him not pitching as well. But there's a lot in there that I think he's really, I think he's actually really good. And I think there's a bright future. And whether or not, you know, he might not even fully be ready for being here at the major league level either like because he's he's rise through the ranks relatively quickly but it comes down to whether or not like at this point even if we start trading off some pieces maybe he learns and he takes these lumps and bumps and bruises at the major league level and he starts to figure it out here and doesn't go back down to triple a mainly because we might actually need him to be here so you're gonna have to have one of those like um easy like forgetful memories to just go back out there the next time and try to shove yeah no, i completely agree all five runs came in the first inning and then he really settled down over the last three and that's kind of been a theme with him for his through his mm-hmm. first three starts he's had like a really bad first inning but then been able to settle down and have a good inning or two or three mm-hmm. after that and really kind of settled into it so I still see a lot of positives in that as well. And you're right. I think it might not be such a bad thing, um, particularly if the Red Sox are not going to really make a push. Mm-hmm. So there's not pressure on him to like go out there and throw a gem every time where you can just kind of like take some lumps here and there, figure yeah. it out, get good starts and innings against major league pitching. Um, and then really kind of be a weapon going forward 2023 yeah. and beyond. Um, I still see a lot to like. And, and to me, that's a big one is have a bad inning, but still have the confidence to go out there and and be really effective after that. And, um, and I mentioned it before, it was like they gave up five runs in the first, but there was that weird thing where the ball bounced off of third base mm-hmm. so Jeter Downs couldn't make a play. Um, they had pulled the infield in so uh, the bases loaded and ball got through the infield. So there's some weird stuff that led to that, all five of those innings True. as well. So I don't think he really had... The line looks worse than I think he really pitched. Absolutely. And, and I think that has actually kind of been a theme through <laughs> his first three starts. He's he's doing okay for, as you said, like he started the year in A-ball and now he's in the majors. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's still young. At, yeah. It, yeah, I think, I was was he at... Um, Double A, I think he started? Or, anyway. Yeah. He was definitely in A-ball at least last year. So still yeah. going from like last year to now in the majors, like his ascension has been rapid. Yeah, very fast. Mm-hmm. So, 
but so we talked about Duran's defense in game one, and he was actually not given an error in that game. But the Red Sox, as a team, did commit six in the entire series. They committed uh. two in game one, one in game two, and three here in this game. Uh, their defense used to be a lock, surefire. It is now in complete shambles, much like the rest of the roster or everywhere else. <laughs> what? What is happening here? Because this used to be a really bright spot for this team, and yeah. now it is uh, pretty embarrassing to watch on a nightly basis. Yeah, because the, the, the thing was, when you when you had people healthy and you had Kike in center, great defensively, you can have JBJ in right, one of the best ever to do it in right. And then you putting Verdugo in left. Verdugo's solid in left. So that's a solid outfield when healthy. And then if you have... Actually, Andrew Bogarts has actually made great strides in improving on his defense, and he had a pretty good defensive game today. So you have him, and then if you have somebody at third base who's been playing really well, because you're taking somebody like Jeter Downs and taking him so out of position, and you're asking him to do things that he's really not comfortable with. So when you have our left side, and then you have, you know, you know, so like I get Dahlbeck isn't the best, but then you, so it's like, Potentially, when healthy, the defense is much better than what we're seeing, especially when you have Story becoming one of the best um, second basemen in baseball. Yeah. Like, healthy, it's a good defense. We're just asking guys to do things that are just so out of their comfort zone right now, that, and we're seeing that, and we're seeing the nervousness of it all playing out, I think. And like you said, there has been just some bonehead issues, too. You know, not even just like oh, I couldn't get to this, my range was off, or, you know, I overthrew something. It's just like you say, letting a ball fall between, like, three infielders. It's it's stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Got to straighten that stuff out, guys. Yes, they do. All right. Well, if you had, if you were forced to pick an MVP <laughs> of getting swept, <laughs> who'd you go with? Uh, yeah, like I said, anyone. Don't know, I guess, Jackie Bradley Jr. Like he did. He had a couple of home runs. He's always going to bring great defense to the game. I've always said Jackie Bradley Jr. has never been the problem with the Boston Red Sox. If you have a healthy one through eight, Jackie Bradley Jr., you can easily roll with him as your ninth. And, like, some people have actually been showing that, like, the seven, eight, and nines of teams, like, that were even the Dodgers last year weren't great. People's seven, eight, nines, like, as a rule, it's not as if – they're producing at these insane rates that you can say, oh, the Red Sox 7, 8, 9 are so bad. No, when our 1 through 6 is healthy and they're dealing, you can roll 7, 8, 9, or you can even roll 9, or even if you're like, they were thinking somebody like Bobby Dahlbeck was going to be great this year because of how great he ended 2021. So then you're yeah. even saying if Dahlbeck and everybody else is hitting well, and then you can see how well Vasquez has been hitting, really the only person would be Jackie Bradley Jr. That would be your, oh, well, he's not the best. And who cares when the eight other people are great? The problem is the eight other people aren't there right now. And some of them haven't even been there all season. Like, as good as, as good as, like, you know, J.D. Martinez has been, he's been good. As good as, um, you know, Xander has been, he's been good. The lack of power on this team is astronomical. And, like, none of that is, like, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s fault. So I have a, I have a trouble faulting somebody like JBJ. So it was good to see him actually have a, a good series. Yep. Completely agree. That was my choice as well. Mm -hmm. A couple of dingers. Uh, good to see him have a nice little game. Okay. okay. Uh, that will do it for the Blue Jays series. Take a quick break. Come back and preview the four-game series against the Guardians. Oh. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, you're up to the minute. Standings in the American League East. The Yankees are in first at 66 and 31. 12 and a half games back in second place is the Blue Jays, 55 and 43. 13 games back, Blue Jays, 52 and 43. 17 and a half back is the Red Sox, 48 and 48. Orioles, 47 and 48, 18 games back. Now, Cleveland Guardians for four. They are in second place in the AL Central at 48 and 46. Pitching matchups that we expect. Pavetta versus Plesak in game one. Game two is TBD for both teams, and I could not dig up where we thought that was going to go. Also, for the Red Sox, we literally only have four pitchers, so I'm assuming this might be a bullpen day there. Don't know what's going on there for uh, the Red Sox, and I don't follow Cleveland close enough to know anything about them. So, there we go. Uh, Evaldi versus Quantrill for game three. Carter Crawford, Tristan McKenzie for game four. What do we feel for those pitching matchups? Uh, I feel that Cleveland's pitching is so good, and I'm so jealous of the pitching factory that they have. Like Tristan McKenzie, uh, you know, like um, why, why, why? Where is our Tristan McKenzie? Maybe it is Bayo. Maybe somebody like Bayo can emerge as that person. But the thing is that Cleveland just churns them, keeps churning them all out, and they're all yeah. consistently great. And I'm so jealous of it. Um, so it's gonna be tough going up against any any three of these at least like you said we're not quite sure who game two they're gonna throw at us but police solid enough Quantrill pretty good Quantrill's done pretty good against the Sox this year but then I'm just looking at that last one and I guess we're throwing our best pitcher Carter Crawford against theirs but you know yeah uh... that's kind of the matchup that I'm the most excited about uh I like Tristan McKenzie a lot and Carter Crawford has been uh our most reliable pitcher for like yeah. the last month so really <laughs> Um, he's also, uh, last time I checked, not vaccinated. So that could prove to be issues moving forward. So hopefully yeah. he and Tanner Houck take care of some things because um, we might really need you. <laughs> yeah. Lineup that Cleveland's throwing out there. Stephen Kwan leading off. Ahmed Rosario batting second. Jose Ramirez batting third. Josh Naylor cleanup. Owen Miller at first base. Andre Jimenez second base batting sixth. Nolan Jones seventh. Austin Hedges, 8th. Miles Straw, ninth. Very noticeable with this lineup. Not a lot of power. Whole lot of contact to speed, but not a lot of power there. Uh, yeah. Really outside of Ramirez. And a whole lot of, who is that person named to? Um, outside of, you know, <laughs> arguably the best third baseman in the game. Um, you know, with uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, it's like, huh? Who are these guys? Um, obviously, I, I know some. I know a good deal of them, but some other ones. Yeah. Like, 
who is this person? Um, so that makes me think that like a split could be potential just because their lineup really isn't that great. They really rely on their starting pitching. So if we can get to their starting pitching, I, I think a split could happen and the Red Sox could maybe surprise and actually win a series. Who knows? <laughs> yep. That's what I went with too. I went with a split just, uh, it's not confident enough to think that the Red Sox can win a series right yeah, now. Very but true. yeah, basically for the same reasons that uh, if they can keep the the ball in the yard, uh, then they should have a really good chance of scoring more runs. Yeah. Uh, but should seems like a major caveat right now. It really so. does. It really does. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let's well, so split for both of us. Who's your uh, prediction for MVP? Yeah, I think Bogarts is going to have a good series. Um, I don't like. I made the joke saying, "Oh yeah, he's going to really up that trade value." Um, I really don't think that the Red Sox are going to trade Xander Bogarts. Mainly, one, I think they want to keep him. I really do. And two, he also has a no trade clause, which people fail to like apparently understand. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't want to go, he's not going. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Uh. How about you? Who do you get? Who do you have? I went with Carter Crawford. Um, Like I said, he's been the the most reliable starting pitcher as of late. Um, He really is. And I didn't feel comfortable picking a hitter. (laughs) So (laughs) I went with with Carter Crawford. Um, It's just in the the expectation that he'll he'll continue to have some really good games. And uh, as the anchor of this series going against Tristan McKenzie, I'm excited about that matchup. That should be a really good game to watch. So... um, just thinking more good things for Carter Crawford. Yeah, I'd love it. I would absolutely love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. That's going to do it for us uh, on this Red Sox Precap Podcast. We have a bunch of other great podcasts on the Over the Monster Podcast Network. We have the Red Seat Podcast that Jake and I do. We have the Prospect Podcast that Bob and Shelly do. Obviously, this podcast. So just keep your ears tuned to the feed. Tell all your friends that uh, like listening to podcasts about the Red Sox that we've got all sorts of stuff for them. You can find both both of us at Over the Monster, where we do some stuff sometimes. You can also find both of us on Twitter. You can find me at Spoken Keats. Uh, Bailey, where can they find you? At Fraulein89. Perfect. Uh, Anything else you want to plug? No, no, I think I'm good. Just just be following me and uh, hang tight because High and Bloom isn't getting fired, Twitter, no matter (laughs) what you want. Uh, Xander (laughs) Bogarts is probably not getting traded, and neither is Devers. It's been frustrating, but also just like look to the bigger picture and where this farm system is going to be and where this team is going to be in the future. I like it. Perfect way to wrap this. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later in the week to recap the series against the Guardians.